0: Happy Friday! This is uh, when you're listening to this. Hopefully, hopefully, the second that it drops, you listen to it. Uh, if you're not listening to this on a Friday, then it's completely pointless for me to give you the uh, day, the time, the week, the month, or even the year. But. Thank you for listening to this. We appreciate it. We're trying to figure out if we could get it on uh, Apple Music and, or iTunes or whatever.
1: For, uh, was it Stitcher? Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify? Mm-hmm. Uh, and wherever else your podcast can be found. The goal is to get them everywhere so that you can download them where you are, not only just coming to our website, which is nice. We want you to come to the website. Yes. But... We also want you to have access to the stuff.
0: We want it to be conveniently located. Yes. Speaking of which, our friendship is no longer conveniently located. I have a bone to pick with you and we're starting the podcast off with some span and art friendship drama. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> All right, so I started working here almost 2 years ago, right? Oh god, here he goes again. Let him laugh. 20 minutes later, I get to my point. <laughs> Literally, if you fast forward thirty seconds, you might get to me talking again. Until then, I'll wait. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. Excuse me while I watch the twenty nineteen gathering of the Juggalos lineup. So I want to be. As white trash as possible. <laughs> Shout out to
1: all the juggalos listening. Oh my god!
0: Before before we get to the drama part, did you, have you ever watched one of those Gathering of the juggalo lineup?
1: Absolutely, and, but mostly oh because gosh. like there's a whole bunch of trashy chicks getting naked. And I. Like, it's absolutely entertaining every time.
0: Absolutely love it. It is my favorite thing. It oh, is yeah. like just the. You know, someone said to me the other day, we'll get to our drama in a second, because someone said to me the other day that my white trashness is starting to show, and I couldn't agree more. And I feel like
1: as... Is that your work sister, Angela?
0: Yes. My work sister, Angela, was like, Art, you're like secretively white trash, and you only bring it out in front of certain people. And I said, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. (laughs) Like when I told Terry the other day that one of the greatest artists of all time, Bob Seger, I was going to see him. He looked at me and he said you couldn't be more white and I said you're absolutely right. I have no shame in admitting that. And I grew I grew up listening to Seeger and Ted Nugent and my white trashness comes out but also with the white trashness there's like this weird little like subgenre of like just weird white people stuff. And one of those things is The Gathering of the Jugglers. You can't say that it's not weird white people stuff. Like it's literally And listen, I I did
1: not dissuade you of that notion.
0: I know. But the Juggalos, uh, shout out to the Juggalos, the whoop whoops. Okay, but you have to admit, (laughs) like when Vice is coming to your festival to do a documentary, it's not because they think that you're super awesome and interesting. Yeah, it's because they think that you're a bunch of weirdos. You're getting
1: a bunch of ironic side eye on the Internet from the rest of the universe. Yeah.
0: And it's one of those things to where I hate to say this. Okay. But when you find out that someone is secretively a juggalo, or maybe not secretively, like you usually can find out within the first couple minutes, because with juggalos, it's one of the first things they say.
1: (laughs) Oh, dude. I remember a guy, I saw a juggalo tattoo on his arm, and I was like, that is just... That's the brand, yo.
0: But listen, and I'm I'm white trash. I have no problem admitting that I am not better than anyone. Okay, I grew up listening to Kid Rock and Bob Seeger and Ted Nugent. You may call that classy. You may call that white trash. Whatever it may be, but there's a certain like subgenre. And I almost want to say, I know this is going to get me in trouble. Okay, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: there are certain groups and certain bands that have a certain cult-like following, yes. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, the the Juggalo outlet. Yeah, it's also you could see it in in big acts like Tech Nine. Tech Nine has a cult following like no other. Yes, and the whole strange music scene. And then you have it here in Michigan too. There is this band called King 810. Oh lord have mercy. And their cult following is very similar to the sense of of a Juggalo cult following and not an, not an I am one of the biggest King 810 fans ever. But there is like a subgenre of fans that are like culty about it. And it's it's almost scary, like when you
1: think. What do you it- mean, almost scary? Yeah. It is scary yeah. because that whole group likens itself almost to a gang. Where King Eight One Zero is supposed to be like the like the beneficent leader of this gang of people around this ultra violent music. It's
0: crazy though because I I've only. Witness them live, and it's witnessing something when you see them live. I saw them, yeah. Some,
1: you feel like you're gonna go be called to court in a couple of weeks.
0: It's nuts. They were throwing tear gas. What, yeah, like tear gas was being thrown. There's a guy on stage with a fake AK 47. Um, it was just madness. A
1: fake AK 47.
0: Yeah, what they did is for like their show presence for a while. They, uh, I
1: got to shake my head. Okay. Yeah. They're they, basically encouraging the fans to bring their own weaponry. Well, and that's
0: the thing, too, is like when you look back at music and you think of some of the most wild acts of all time, the number one name that comes to me, and this, again, is like a cult following act, was Gigi Allen. So I don't know if Ooh. you want to talk about a guy who, Ooh. I mean, we can't even say some of the stuff that he did on, some, on the podcast. No, you can't say
1: most of it. Yeah. You can't even talk about his funeral.
0: Right, right.
1: But like, like we- you want to know about somebody's funeral going awry? Yeah. But but just you're gonna have to look it up because we can't talk about it. Right. The most important thing about his funeral is it's not real. I said it went awry. That might have actually been the plan. Yeah. Like Gigi Allen said, you can desecrate my body after I die, yeah. and they did.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was nuts. But when you think about like they
1: did him like Gaddafi.
0: Yeah. When you think of like groups that have a cult following. You know, we have that here in Michigan, obviously, and we have it with the gather. but I've always wanted to go to the gathering and not so much like a, oh, it's a, a you know, m- m- pun intended, but circus. It's a, you know, there's a bunch of, but like just to experience a different side of my white trashness that I normally like, you know, I went to the electric forest a couple years ago and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. A whole bunch of white people on drugs. Okay. It was cool. Um
1: must be nice, but go ahead. <laughs> There's it was a mixed cra- it wasn't just white people, but there was a lo- Yeah, but if that was a do- if that was if that was a majority of non-white people that is true with the presence of drugs, yeah. there would have been a lot more presence of a certain regulatory sort.
0: You know what was crazy was that there was people walking around smoking weed and doing ecstasy and stuff and there was like cops everywhere. It was really weird. It was like this isn't normal, but it was like controlled chaos almost. Like, you know, you get enough people hanging out in one space and as long as they're not punching each other and then do whatever the hell you want. But that's what like, so the electric forest and the gathering of juggalos, it's like obviously two different realms, but in the sense of like crazy white people doing crazy white people things, It's just, but the gathering Vice did do a documentary on the gathering and it was just like, what am I watching? Like, this is a whole nother world that I have to experience and not so much as again, like not so much as a like poking fun by any means. I don't, I don't want it to come off as that. I just, I find it so interesting because it's something that I don't, I don't participate in, nor do I do. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: isn't it like? Don't they get together on like some mountain in Utah that they bought <laughs> or something? Well,
0: they've had it in a couple different places. I think now it's in Ohio. Okay, and you know, but I
1: thought like I thought insane clown posse. Purposely bought a a parcel of land just so they could do this, so they could have control over the going zone. I think there was, and if I remember correctly, it's in a a part of it it was a part of the country where like there was no deputized police force, like so they could serve as their own. This is the last time I heard of this is several years ago, but they they choose places where they can do their own policing Mm -hmm. because okay, most festivals. When they have a police presence, the police overtime is paid for right. the festival. Yes. So the police are incentivized to let things go that they ordinarily would not because even though they are usually paid by the, the municipality that they exist in— right. They are being now paid by the promoter, so they're there just to maintain order, not also to enforce law.
0: It happens a lot in the bar scene too. Like bars will be, uh, bars will get cops, and they'll pay on the side type of thing.
1: So if you are, but I think insane clown posse, though they are white and they are comfortable with their cultural appropriation, they are not comfortable with the idea. Whoa,
0: whoa, hang on. Oh
1: yeah, dude, like because of the face paint? No, hell, hell no, hell no.
0: Because of the rapping? It's.
1: What the hell's wrong with my throat right now? I it's like I'm going through <laughs> puberty or something. <sighs> I think I got it. But no, the whole, I like, Insane Clown Posse has come up in Detroit mm-hmm. rapping, mm-hmm. but there is no part. Of like the entirety of the rap scene that I have seen. Like they have content, they have begun their own independent tributary. Right. That in no way throws back to the originators of rap. I don't and know. And that's about part of that. their problem. What about no, like no, Esham? Tell me, tell me, tell me. What about like
0: Esham? They they sent some love to Esham. Esham is a legendary Detroit rapper. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they've shown love to other rappers before. Okay. But I I feel like are they doing something completely 100 percent original? I would say in the sense of the face paint and the whole caricatures of it. I no, would say, yeah, everything
1: around what they do is entirely original. Mm-hmm. But there's a weird place where you, de- where you deal with white rappers where it's like, how much of this is cultural appropriation and how much of this is just showing homage to the scene? And ICP walks a weird line that, in all honesty, I don't follow that hard. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I'm, a th- I'm an authority on whether they're legitimizing a-, a legitimate part of the rap genre or I'm just just being mad because they just doing their thing and having a good time but what i do know is that what they will not do is pay police at the gathering of juggalo they are not gonna hire a police force right to run regulatory on that thing would you ever that's why they need to be somewhere where there is no police presence because they're not gonna they're not gonna pay what the festival organizers do they're just gonna do their thing independent, yeah. which is why they have to be somewhere where there's no police presence.
0: Would you ever go to the gathering and, like, do the whole face paint thing with me? if I was like?
1: I would never put face paint. Come on, man. Okay, you never say a giant, that. giant
0: no-fun zone. Seriously. And this is where the <laughs> drama's going to come in. This is where I get mad at you, and we're going to go into the, where I'm really <clears throat> trying to aim this conversation because I'm upset with you. Because, okay, the fact that you
1: won't go with me to the gathering one year—
0: you really wouldn't.
1: <laughs> I would go. I just wouldn't wear face paint. That's the whole point. Like you gotta, you gotta go
0: and you throw beers at Tila Tequila and all that. Like you didn't hear about that incident? No. Okay. The- so a couple years ago at the gathering, I am like, I went down the ICP gathering of the Juggalos rabbit hole one year, and oh, I Lord spent mercy. months watching videos of the gathering stuff because it's just so interesting to me. It's like I, I don't. I, I'll be completely honest. I, I do not enjoy the music. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. One of my really good friends is a huge juggler. He actually just went on tour with Shaggy and was like the tour manager, blah, blah, blah. And I don't understand it, but I get why people find it so interesting. And I would honestly like, it is an, uh, it might be possible... For one day, us to have a conversation with them, I would love to have that because I would love for you to tell uh, Mr. Violent J and Mr. Shaggy Two Dopes that Mr. Cult- Shaggy Two Dopes. that it's so cultural plural? appropriation. I would love for you to have that conversation no, I would, with them.
1: I would love to have that conversation, but I wouldn't tell them. I would ask them. Like okay. I would, I I would legit ask them, like, yo, so. How much of this are you like because the whole idea of the rap game is the idea that mm-hmm. you're always throwing back some type of love or opportunity to those who came before you. Yeah. Um and I don't follow ICP enough to know where those connections lie. Right. So I have no problem asking them, like, yo, so how much of that, I mean, what do you do? And to hear their answers would be, I mean, that'd be lovely. So what I would love to do is... And they don't, and let's be clear, they don't have to answer to me, okay? That's not the point. Yeah, This is totally about quest for information for my own purpose. Like, I'm not trying to, I am not a definitive source Mm -hmm. on how well they are representing the rap game. I am not. But for my own curiosity, I would love to see just how they are representing.
0: You know what would be a great episode of The podcast and I'm going to send this to my friend and see if we can make it happen. Explaining the Juggalo culture to non-Juggalos, like ourselves, well, like I that would
1: be. I would totally love to hear this conversation, but this person better be ready because I will ask all the hard questions that come to mind. And I, I don't care about his feelings. i might hurt his feelings. I would also
0: like to extend an invitation. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a, a quick story, real quick. So there was a time when I worked in the Flint market and i loved working in the flint market it was a great time i used to interview a lot of the local rapper scene and and you know national acts and stuff too and i had an obsession before i moved to flint with king 810 and i still do uh, and i reached this is the biggest fanboy moment ever i'm like embarrassed to say this oh, honestly oh please
1: say please say
0: okay and like my friend still my brother still calls me out for this okay so when i was in south bend and even before that i had heard stories about king 810 and I had heard stories about how they would go to venues and they would get into fights. And there was actually there was one that happened in Lansing at uh, what is it Max Bar? Uh,
1: I don't. If they were in Lansing, it was probably Max.
0: Bar. Okay, I think that's what the place is called. And there was uh, you know stuff involved. Y- you hear the the rumor mill. But my thing was was I moved to Flint and I was like man one of my favorite bands of all time like I'm not joking like to me they're just an amazing band they have that that GG Allen effect that cult following to where you want to learn as much as possible about them and actually Terry who is our OM and boss here he said one of my favorite bands in Michigan. I would love to get them on the show, too. But here's the deal. So I reached out as a total fanboy. I have these fanboy moments, by the way. You're, you're no, g- you I, don't I, I know. say.
1: You? Yeah.
0: CC uh, Kid Rock on that one. Captain
1: but, Super Id? Yeah, go for yeah. it, man. So
0: I, I really wanted to interview David, who's the lead singer of King A1O. And I reached out. Singer? S- singer? Really? Okay. Aggressor. Okay. Aggressor. Okay. aggressor. Okay. Verbal aggressor. Fair enough, fair enough. And... I did the most fanboy thing ever, so bad in fact that I deleted the DM and he actually recently responded to me. But I reached out to him and I said, "Hey man, um so I got this uh, this radio uh, show and I'd love to interview you sometime and I I hope that you could respond to me back." And then he didn't respond. So, like a month later I said, "Hey man, uh, I see that you train mixed martial arts and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu." I'd I'd love to train with you sometime. Oh, my God. The biggest fanboy moment. Uh, And so I told my friend. uh, I know. I know. uh, So I told my friend thinking that it was like normal behavior. And he's like, dude, like, did you really do that? He's like, no, you didn't. I said, yeah. Like, I I feel like him and I would be really great friends. (laughs) And then so like a month later, I go to the movie theater (laughs) And I'm, like, walking in, and I see him. And I was, like, starstruck. I was, like, that's the dude that, like, has gotten me through. You know how music gets you through hard times? I yes. mean, you want to talk yes. about music that gets you through hard times. Holy. Yeah. That's that type. That's that real le- life. I'm
1: legit terrified of the hard times you had to get through with King 810. But here's
0: the deal. I feel like a sit-down discussion with not only ICB. I feel like it, it, we could possibly make it happen. And I feel like taking the show on the road to them, we'll come to them. We'll go to the psychopathic no, records won't. place. Yes, we, we will. We
1: will extend the offer and then no, we reply. And we
0: got a wiggle room a little bit. Their no, schedule is a little no, bit busier than ours. no.
1: This is how it works. And oh my you don't gosh. Look
0: like this, a fan this isn't a game of chess, though, either.
1: This isn't about chess. This isn't about tactics. It's about a method, a protocol of making things happen. And if you chase them down, it makes them feel like you are less than a, legiter- okay. a legitimate so, operation. Here's the deal it's like you extend the offer to talk. They respond when they respond, mm-hmm. and if they s- respond to the ascent, then you actually make plans. You okay. Don't, you don't you don't go where they are. Like, oh, can we bring the podcast? to you? Like, no. Okay. No, stop. All right. So, here's what- I will not let you fanboy this mess out. I will not let that happen, <laughs> Art. I will not. I will not. But you I... have to take no for an answer.
0: Okay. So, here's the deal. I feel like we extend the invitation to them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: bring them on the show. Because with the whole, I feel like the explaining juggalo culture to non-juggalos, boom, that's a podcast episode in itself. You could talk for hours about that. So extend the invitation to them. Then with the King 810 culture, and you know, they're not very talkative people. Like, they don't do many interviews. They let the music speak for themselves, whatever. But I feel like it would be a good episode to bring them in and have them talk about not only what it's like to be brought up in a flint upbringing obviously it's a completely different yes. you know it's it's a completely different environment the most but also talk to him about the cult following and and the message behind the music because when you look at you know when i started in flint i my program director at the time was like i i really i don't like them and i was like why he's like because of the message that they send out to others about flint He's like, Flint, sure, it's, you know, the most dangerous area ever and all that. But there's also a beauty in Flint and there's a lot of culture in Flint and there's a lot of love in Flint that isn't showcased if you just listen to such music. Right. You know, so I think bringing them in would be great. And and I'll extend the invitation and I, I promise I won't fanboy out. I don't
1: know if I trust you to, to, to enter this process. Well, then fine. Then you contact Roadrunner and
0: you send it then.
1: Actually, I will.
0: Yeah there and then but i'm not gonna lie man like i know here's the thing this works because it's a good balance
1: if violent oh, absolutely it, it's me putting yo behind <laughs> i'm lassoing you from keeping you from running out into the scissor the scissor room <laughs>
0: but it's a good balance in the sense of i'm gonna be honest i have a hard time not fanboying out it's just to me i respect certain people at a level of Man, they're doing something that I would love to do. I understand the hard work behind it. Or, man, that band or that group has gotten me through so much. Like Hatebreed. Hatebreed's coming to Battle Creek for Michigan Metal Fest. And the biggest problem that I have right now is either going to see the Acacia Strain for the fifth time in a year and a half, which, Mm. I mean, you gotta, come on, put that on the side. There's a band called Stick to Your Guns and Terror that are playing in Detroit that night. Or... There's Jamie Jostov, Hatebreed, playing in bed. I'm going to the Hatebreed show. Like, I have to. But I'm not going to say that I can't...
1: I can't not fanboy... I can't hold my emotions back. Now, see, that's... And that's where I come in. See, see the... And what's wrong with fanboying, too? What's wrong with appreciating? What makes a journalist a journalist oh, is the this passionate approach to objective understanding of the talent I subject. I am not that person. I, Precisely. I, That's I, why I got to make, not make it happen necessarily, because you can reach out or whatever under strict guidance. No, I'll like, let you do it. Like... Yeah. but there has to be a measure of someone approaching this from an education perspective because there's a whole lot of people who don't know things about the band Mm -hmm. like the problem with someone who's a fan is they have knowledge at a certain level where it becomes a whole bunch of inside information and most people listening like the whole point of an interview isn't so that they can share inside (laughs) jokes and information it's to educate the uneducated that's what makes the interview work and if you approach it from like superlative knowledge, then all the stuff you want to, it's like, would you really, if you want to have someone interview like someone who knows quantum mechanics, Mm -hmm. would you have another quantum mechanics understander? No, and I understand that. I I mean, you could, but that person would have to have a foot in journalism with the idea that I don't approach it as a guy who understands quantum mechanics, but as a person who does not.
0: I feel like there's a big difference, though, in the sense of I have done interviews with artists that I have a, a huge amount of respect for. Uh, or that I that I enjoy listening to personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I I can keep it together. So for instance, I know
1: you can, dude. It, it's it, just you kind of you kind of you kind of played yourself with that story with I King Eight One O. I know. It's like, dude, it's I so, can, oh, oh it's uh, cringy. It's so cringy. Uh, but
0: you've never done that. You've never had a cringy. Uh,
1: you've never had. Of a course cr- I have. You just don't know about them. Tee hee
0: tee See, that's not no, because if we're going to open ourselves up and really explore who, we are. oh trust me,
1: we gonna be doing this podcast for a minute. You'll find them out and i'll totally admit to him
0: okay give me one artist that's somewhat national or even locally in the area that that if you met you would be like man i'm kind of fanboying out right
1: now uh, there's got to be someone i i can't say it's a musical artist because i have known too many of them and been less than impressed by so many Uh huh. i would say most of my fanboy moments come from people in like like the political realm, like, for instance, uh, Neil Katyal. Neil Katyal is a former Solicitor General of the United States, mm-hmm. and he wrote the special counsel rules. And uh, that's, of course, very p- pertinent because Robert Mueller, And if you've heard the name Robert Mueller, you know, he's a special counsel and he's investigating, he's investigating, investigating. So I've heard Neil Katyal talk. I follow him on Twitter. Uh-huh. And I don't I'm not a lawyer. But if I had to come to him, I have a feeling i am like, hello, Neil. always like riding a special council But that's because you look
0: up to his art and his music. Or not his music. But saying, what? Yeah, what? Yeah. what? But you look up to what he does he as a form some, of art.
1: He produced something right. that is so pertinent to the way we run this country. Yeah. And it's fascinating. But, like, I don't really have a place where I can. Like, I'm not like a fanboy like you where, like you have inside knowledge and can like, I'm just kind of just like an admirer from afar. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a law person, so I can't speak to everything that he knows. So I just kind of be like, I kind of just want to kind of just, and this is where, this is where my creepy part comes out. I would just kind of sit and watch him do other interviews. But see, that's the thing
0: is that, Someone told me yesterday that I'm a very emotional person. And I said, yes, I completely agree with you. I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not.
1: But I like how you try to do that dispassionately. So I that. can't hide my emotions.
0: I can't. If I'm excited about something, I'm not. The number one thing that bothered me in high school and in middle school is the kids <laughs> that were too cool for school. Okay. I hated that. Like when Gretchen Whitmer came through, I'm I, I mean, going to be honest. I didn't know any of her political beliefs at the time. I knew that she was on this side of the aisle, blah, blah, blah. You
1: didn't, like, look up her platform?
0: Well, yeah, of course I did to, like, interview and stuff. But, like, personally, she was just a candidate. And, like, putting my political beliefs aside, just the fact that, like, I could potentially interview the governor, which she did become the governor. Yeah. I fanboyed out a little bit. Pete Buttigieg from South Bend. Yeah. Uh, we had a thing called Roof Set in which we raised money for uh, for child abuse. And we raised like $100,000 every single year. I interviewed him and I fanboyed out a little bit. And he was just the mayor. So
1: it's like when you Oh my you're, God. You interviewed Pete Buttigieg before he was Pete Buttigieg.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing, though, is like I'm sorry if it's cringy that. If it's cringy that I get a little uh, excited or I get a little out of control when it comes to stuff that interests me, but I'm not going to be one of those cool kids. Like, you see it all the time in radio, and it's super annoying. Like, yeah, so I'm going to go interview this person. I'm like, oh, man, are you nervous? No, nah, man, I do this professionally. I ain't worried about nothing. Shut up. Agreed. You're, you're nervous. Agreed. And you know what? You're fanboying out a little bit inside, but you have to put your emotions aside so you can look cool. Yeah, I want to dumb. jump
1: kick all those people. It's who so do that annoying, stuff. man. It is, it really it's like is. you know what?
0: I'm sorry for being myself. I'm sorry. There's probably stuff that there's stuff that other people are interested in that I couldn't care. Like I don't care. Okay, yeah. but at the same time, if they were excited, like I took my stepdaughter to go see Twenty One Pilots, right? Okay. And I got meet and greets. Now, to me, meeting Twenty One Pilots, it was cool, but it wasn't like life-altering like it was for her. But right. I wasn't like, hey, settle down. Stop fangirling out. No. Yeah. You got to be excited for stuff. You know, just like when you get excited uh, possibly going to a concert with somebody and you say, hey, you should get tickets because you work in the radio realm and I know it's really possible for you to do that. And I have a bedtime usually of 9 o'clock and I'd love for you to go. And you go, uh, yeah, man, that's not really my bit, so I'm not going to go.
1: Okay, okay, you you do understand Okay, the the audience does not know this But you've cancelled on three dates on me so far Name
0: three, name three Just
1: the fever one I've cancelled on you Just one Name the other two (laughs) Name the other two No, I can't remember Because I put them immediately out of my brain Well, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna remember a list of wrongs that art has done. I'm just not. Believe me, there's people who have a list. Yeah, see, in see, their back pocket, ready to go yeah, at see, all times. If, if it was some stuff, I would take personally. If if oh, I, rem- I'm glad you don't because well, obviously well, just, I don't if either. I, if I remember the things <laughs> that I think someone has done wrong, mm-hmm. then then I'm building up a list so I can eventually cancel them out of my life. That's a good point. Yeah, so it's like if I don't remember, that's because I don't care.
0: I will it's- say off the top, yes. Okay. Uh, I cancel. You
1: love to make, play- you like, oh, dude, I want to see that show. Can we go? Can we go? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, And you're like, oh, dude, can I, can I, can I get can you get tickets? Please, can you get tickets? I was like, dude, yeah. It's okay. no, no, for real, dude, don't play with my emotions. Don't play with my emotions. Can, can you get tickets? Yes, I can get tickets. Dude, can you get tickets? Okay, I got tickets. I just, I just got an email back. Confirm what you know. Oh, you got tickets. Oh, I can't wait to go to-, oh, go to. And then like two days later, dude, you're going to hate me. I can't go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you have to understand. Okay, so here's the deal. I thought about this on the way home yesterday um, because uh, Coheed and Mastodon and Every Time I Die are playing at uh, Freedom or, yeah, Michigan Amphitheater, whatever.
1: Freedom Hill, Michigan Lottery, like, yes. 18 other words. Yes.
0: So I want to go to that show because I have been a Coheed fanboy. I mean, I stopped after, you know, No World for Tomorrow, whatever. But regardless, I, I wanted to go. So I reach out to Span and say, Span, Hey, uh, you and I should get tickets to the show, and we should go, and it's at, you know, Freedom Hill, so it's not too far of a drive, it's not as far as Detroit, and you texted back, and you said, yeah, that's really not my bag. And I was devastated, but then I thought for a second, okay, what about two weeks ago, when you had us on the list for the Fever show, and I got a hold of you, and Uh I said, hey, um, I'm really tired and I can't go, and oh, I gotta get right,
1: fever, yeah, yeah,
0: and I gotta get up at four thirty in the morning. Don't worry, I remember it.
1: Yeah, well, good. It's
0: embedded in my conscience forever. And then, the Jay, ne-
1: you missed us. You missed. I a know. Show.
0: You told me the next day how Woo, great it was. You missed a show. But, but why did you turn into Mickey Mouse? Because that show is so great. <laughs> but here's the deal: I have reached the age, and I can't say that though because you're like you're ten years older than me.
1: I'm forty three.
0: Okay, and I'm thirty, but I've reached the age. Where it has to really be a show that I want to go to. Well,
1: yeah, you have three kids. Every kid adds, like, five years to your age. So, technically, in kid years, you're 45.
0: Right now, they're sick. And, like...
1: Oh, right now, you're 57.
0: Dude, like, I just... I don't even want to live right now. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I just want to go to sleep forever. Like, it's been day three of less than four hours of sleep. I'm running on empty. Just keep swimming. Whatever. But that gets to my case in point that... As much as I want to be mad that you don't want to go to the show, which I'm still going to try and change your mind because I need and
1: fail, but okay,
0: I need you. You're to I, need, I need you to get the tickets. I mean, I can't do it by myself. I don't <laughs> know all these people, but I can't be mad at you because I get it. Because for one, it's something that doesn't. It's really hard. When you're friends with someone and you guys have different musical tastes. Like, you and I don't really have that much different musical tastes. No, we
1: have very different musical tastes. You think so? Like, I'm only... Like, I like rock music, but I only go so deep into the genre. Yeah, Like, you go... Like I would say, you go probably eighty-five to ninety percent of the genre. The one ten percent I think you don't go is that mulatto super death, like we stab our fans. Northern European black metal.
0: There is a phase, but yeah.
1: Okay, well every rocker has a phase. I have not gone that far. I would mm-hmm. say, like, I peak out around 60%, 65% of the genre. Okay. It's just, there's a point where, like, when you don't follow a full four-time signature or make audible <laughs> lyrics, I just lose interest <laughs> in what you do. I just do. But, like, you you didn't
0: grow like grow up listening to Coheed? You didn't have, like, a Coheed moment? Or, like, every time I die, you didn't go through that phase? No, I, no. I
1: bounce around from genres. Like yeah, I grew that's up true. In, let's see. When I grew up, it was R&B, rap, and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Okay, around my parents, it was old school R&B, so like old school R&B from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, my friends, it was rap, and my school kid friends, it was Christian contemporary music, and I bounced through all three of those genres on the regular. Okay. Um, So I would regularly listen to, I would either be listening to Mortal, or I'd be listening to Take Six mm-hmm. and Michael W. Smith, or I'd be listening to Marvin Gaye, uh... Uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. Oh my god, he's not as popular now. Can you woo woo woo? Can you woo 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 woo? I cannot woo. It's like Michael McDonald know. and the other dude whose it's name Michael I can't. Michael McDonald. Yes, Michael McDonald. Yeah, Michael <laughs> McDonald. But uh, yeah, nah. So it's like the that's my music, and then I moved on when i moved out of my parents house to underground hip hop mm-hmm. for like 10 years I was Are you talking about, like uh,
0: atmosphere blueprint like
1: i'm talking about jurassic 5 oh, okay, i'm talking okay. about souls of mischief i'm yeah, talking yeah. about hieroglyphics yes. like this is how deep i went and uh and then i got into radio at the at a rock station and but i had listened to rock for, right. periodically for the whole time yeah. but like then my entire focus was to rock and now it's so like, I'm getting back into other genres and stuff, but, yeah. like, rock is my job. Yeah. But it's never been, like, the, it's never been my life. It's See, and like that's. A, it, I have, my musical taste is a salad. Yours is, like, meat and potatoes. Right. You know what
0: I'm saying? right. Yeah, and and that's why like I when I there's an, a, another tour coming in July with Thrice and the Used, and I'm like, man, I really want to go to that show too. But again, it's hard to convince other people to go to shows,
1: especially when you have a tendency to cancel on those shows. <sighs>
0: but I cancel because I realize, okay, I by the time I get home and I go to the concert. And I stay there for a couple hours, and then I come back. Then it's midnight. Then I have to get up at four thirty. It's just not yeah, worth it. I know. Like, and it's-
1: and you should think about that before you petition me for tickets. I know. Or try and make plans. But
0: like, <laughs> and the other thing is too is like I feel, I feel as though you reach an age to where the amount of friends that you have drastically decreases because mm-hmm. you have a family or because you have work stuff. So like, I can count on one hand. How many people I would reach out to to go to the show? And you were one of them. But, of course, I get it. I get it. It's not something that interests you. And the other part is like, hey, he's probably going to cancel anyway, so I'm not even going to commit. I get that. But then I think of, like, the two or three other people, and I'm like, I don't want to, like, bother them.
1: What kind of friends are they if you're worried about bothering them? But I, I, I bother my friend. I
0: bother you all the time. I text you multiple times a day like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, hey, I'm that friend. In all caps, too. Well, that's when I'm angry. That's when you cancel on a concert that you don't want to go to see. So I say, we are talking about this tomorrow. But I get it, though, too, because just like I canceled on you with the fever show, Like you, you know, you. I get it.
1: It has to be a show that I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to see that show so that even if you cancel, it's okay because I wanted to see the show.
0: In order for me to get less than like four hours of sleep, it would have to be like Kid Rock, Bob Seeker, Ted Nugent and the White Stripes or something like it would have to be the most pure Michigan show ever. And that's when I'd be like, all right, I'll go.
1: Well see, my, my I grew up my mom, she worked for a company called CompuWare and she was like at her peak. She was like six steps from CEO. Mm-hmm. And for a black woman that didn't have a college degree, that's pretty impressive. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um CompuWare is a great company that treated my mom very well uh until she fell into dementia and then like it was just awful. Uh, yeah. But uh, my mom made available to me through the company access to a suite at the palace and tickets yeah. to e yeah. yeah. Yep. So, but to make it work, my mom had to bring clients. Mm-hmm. She couldn't just take it for her own. Right. People did, yeah. but those people got in trouble. You had to bring clients. I had the same and thing. arranging clients is a pain in the behind. Yeah. Because she has a full-time job, and then going to a concert event with clients, it's more work than it is entertainment. I don't care if it was Janet Jackson, her favorite artist. Yeah. She still has to conduct herself in a way that she wouldn't if she was just going to the show to be entertained. Exactly. So it was work for her. Now, I didn't understand that at the time, but I respected the fact that there was a gift she made available to me. So there was a point in my life as a young kid, I was seeing WWE when it was WWF, yeah. four or five times a year, yeah, like I was seeing three or four concerts a year. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I didn't, I didn't use the DTE Connect very much because that one needed to be more like independent on my own. Like, I could just take those tickets, but right. like those tickets were hard to get for shows I wanted to go to. So the Palace is way easier to, way easier to get because of all the hoops that my mom had to jump. But I saw Pistons games. Yeah, like, I saw, I saw the year. The year they won their second title, mm-hmm. on their way they beat Chicago. Yeah, and Jordan. I got to watch Jordan all upset walking off the walking off the court, which is beautiful. Like I was there for that game. Yeah, like, so it was. I had a lot, but the problem was, what I learned is that friends tell you they want to go to shows, right? Before they realize what it takes to go to the show, right? So they'll commit. They'll, or worse, they'd ask me. And I'd be like, yo, Span, like, yo, you, you have, so I had to be careful who I told right. I had access to this thing. Yeah. And so they would be like, yo, Leo, I totally want to go. And then they'd be like, a week later, they'd be like, oh, a week before the event, they'd be like, oh, dude, I just, I can't do it. My parents say this or I can't. And, yeah. and now I'm scrambling to find people who I trust not to run their mouths about this opportunity. Yeah. Because the last thing I want is 20, 30 people in my 75 person class coming to me like, dude, you, I heard you. Can you? You can you can because people are unreliable, and I'm not saying you're unreliable. No, we haven't gotten to the point where I feel you're unreliable. Right, but my I have to be careful about what I select because if I'm going to go through the trouble of making things happen for other people, it has to be for something that I want to go to. It's pretty much how I approach dating. Like before, like for the last like. Well, up until about like a few years ago, how I approached dating was like, I will go to a restaurant because I want to eat there. Right. And I will invite her. Mm-hmm. So if she shows up, cool. We get to have a meal together. If we don't, nah, I'm eating.
0: Right. Like, this is a place I want to go
1: to. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like when I started doing that, <laughs> I had I had I'm eating either way. Well, no, cuz I want to be there. That's yeah. my spot. You yeah. know, that's where I want to be. I want to eat, I want to soak in the atmosphere. Yeah. And if you want to learn something about me and be cool, 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 but like <laughs> and that approach to dating, I had way fewer women like stand me up. And yeah. I'm not saying I got stood up all the time. We're talking like 10% but it went down to 2 when yeah. I started approach dating that way.
0: Well, and the thing is too is I think working it, it, two things for one working in the radio world makes you look at concerts in a different way. It makes yes. you look at meet and greets yes. in a different way yes. because it does become work. Yes. And it becomes one of those things to where it's like, like you said, it's gotta be like deal reincarnated and not in a holograph form for me to go see it. But the other part is, is that lately I've been complaining about not doing stuff after work. And I sit there and I whine and whine and whine. But when the time comes for me to do it, I'm like, no, I'd rather just stay at home. I need to break out of my shell and I need to just go do these things and realize that someone told me a quote that has always stuck with me and that I've never practiced and that I need to start practicing. You don't remember the nights you got enough sleep. You always remember the nights that you were out late and you were doing something, whether it was a concert or whether that's a good ass quote. There was a, there was a, um, I went to go see the weekend last year and, it was one of the craziest experiences of my life because we were backstage getting ready to meet him. And I see Dave Chappelle walk by <gasps> because he had a show at the Fillmore oh around that God. same time. I see Selena Gomez walk by what? because they were dating at the time. Not Dave Chappelle and Selena Gomez, but Dave Chappelle and, or no. Selena <laughs> we- Gomez in The weekend, Yeah. And afterwards, I meet The weekend. And it's like, hey, let's go. You know, we take a picture and everything. And then I got invited to an after party. What? And I went home because I just had babies. Well, I didn't, but my wife did. And no, you had babies too. Yeah. Your wife
1: produced the babies, but you had babies too.
0: And I had a responsibility and I had to get home. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? If my wife, my wife, would have hit me up and said, hey, I have an opportunity to go to an after party, I'd be like, have fun. Don't cheat on me. Whatever.
1: I'd have been like, yo, you're just going to be mad at me. <laughs> like, I'll eat this week of anger. And I don't care. I'm going to this
0: after party. And it wasn't so much like, oh, I'm going to meet. some," But it was like, man, the experience that I missed out. But I continue to do that in life. I'm like, I'm 30 years old. And I've I've had some pretty awesome experiences thanks to radio. Right. I think that we both can admit that we have.
1: Yes, we have. But
0: it's it's taking advantage of those experiences and learning to. You know, hey, sure. You know, it's creating a balance of obviously I have a family. I have work. I have responsibilities. Coming to work tired sucks. You're miserable. Uh, Does your work performance go down? For me, I've been on four hours of sleep for the first six months that my kids were born. Like um, we talked about in the last episode, I just didn't sleep. So like I don't think my work ethic went down or my work performance went down. Mm -hmm. You just get used to performing on four hours of sleep. Yes, Could I perform better on eight? Of course, everybody could. But it's called life. But- When you start saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to get four hours of sleep, but it's for something that I enjoy, it's almost like you feel guilty for it. You know, like you feel guilty for it because you think that your work suffers or you think that your significant other is going to care. And you just got to put that aside and just go live life a little bit, you know. And that's, that's the problem where I don't do that. And then the next day I hear stories about how great the fever show was or how, yeah, we went to this after party. It was crazy. Now, like with me, I don't drink. I don't drink. The last drink that I had was for my birthday, and before that, it was July. Like, I just don't drink. So it's not like, I'm going to go to this concert and get messed up and make bad decisions. Like, no, I can go with a sober mind and have just as good enough
1: time. The problem is your sober mind is keeping you out of parties, bro. I know. How do you not go to a weekend after party? I know. Man, that's some st- I'm going to lord that over you for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, I got some stuff I regret, too, but I'm never telling that story here. Hell no. But see, that's that. we can't have a podcast
0: where it's just Art talking about everything that he's done wrong. Like the next episode. OK, so this is the Friday episode. We'll be back again on Monday with yes. another episode. Yes. We're going to do a whole entire episode based on your work in security working at uh, DTE. I, we need to.
1: My work in security? Your work in security. Oh, and- my work in security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, my, I was Bro, never insecure about. working We're going to
0: break down your insecurities, Man. and we're going to really get to know Span. No, I want to talk about. I want a whole episode dedicated to you working concerts and you meeting certain artists, and obviously we got to protect names and faces and everything no, like that.
1: I, I, everything I can tell, I can I can talk about. But like,
0: I I want to talk about that because it, you know we just went through forty five minutes of talking about Juggalos, King eight one zero, and the fact that I don't go out as much. This yes. isn't the art show, so. The next episode that we have, I want to talk about working at DTE and working at, you know, because you worked
1: at... Yeah, I was a bouncer at a strip club, too. I was a bouncer at a bar, at a college bar in Ann Arbor, so Yeah. yeah, I... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. we're going to talk about it. But until then, (laughs) that wraps up this episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you are a juggalo or a juggaloette, uh, peace and love to you. No harm, no foul. Uh, I can admit that I'm white trash or my white trash ways, and sometimes you just got to embrace it. If you're a King A1O fan, please don't stab me. I'm sorry. I love the band. Uh, Span. uh, And
1: if you're an offended in either regard... Calm your ass down Life is not that rough No one's trying to hurt you Save your being offended for things that really hurt you Like say people in government Or say the people who are trying to extract Their their light bill out your behind When you can't afford it Or the people you owe student loans to Okay Calm down Save your agitation for people that really deserve it We're just making a show and having some fun Calm your boobs
0: Calm your boobs.
1: Calm your boobs.
0: (laughs) Calm your boobs. And on that note, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Make sure that you share this, spread it around, and uh, yeah, peace and love. Thanks for listening.